Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. We've both been teaching for quite a while now, but we still have plenty of questions about education. And this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about topics that we think are important for Christian educators to consider. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. I'm Dave Mulder. And I'm Matt Beamers. Today, uh, for those of you who are new to our podcast, we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us. Um, Just to give you a bit of context, if you are new here for the first time, uh, Dave and I have uh, got to know each other over the past few months, mostly through hallway conversations. It actually took us about six or eight weeks before we actually dared to venture into each other's office. So, (laughs) So we sort of built relationship by passing each other in the hallway, looking at each other suspiciously, once in a while asking a question of each other. And that is kind of how our relationship started. And and now we find ourselves, um, what starts out as a simple question, as simple as where can I find a marker, ends up into a 20-minute conversation. Almost um, every time. Almost every time. <laughs> and so uh, just to give you a context of where we started, this is very new for us. I'm a firm believer that we should still start with the Canadian National Anthem every time we meet, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Our format is that we take turns coming with a question that's totally unbeknownst to the other. So we're kind of flying, uh, we're kind of building the plane as we're flying it, as uh, one of my friends often says. So Dave has no idea what's coming. He is sweating, if you could see him right yeah, now. He's you a have no nervous. idea. Um, so we'll just get right into it. So Dave, one of the things I've noticed about you, as I've got to know, to know you, um, is... Um, you have this boundless energy and um, creativity. Like you imagine things um, in education and you see the potential um, yeah, of just so many different ideas. And, I, and I've always I've wondered where that, that comes from. And so that sort of led me to this question of, of wondering if you were to um, have a metaphor that would describe yourself as a teacher, what what we're channeling our John, our best John Van Dyke, one of right, our favorite right. professors here. We often talked about about metaphors. Mm-hmm. So, in the spirit of John Van Dyke, I'm wondering for you, what metaphor resonates for you? Uh, I appreciate you uh, tapping into Van Dyke with this. So, uh, one of the things, uh, if you're not familiar with John Van Dyke, he he talks a lot about metaphors and as a way of building kind of a. Um, a teaching imagination. And maybe that's a weird way of, of thinking about it, right? But I, I think that's a really great place for us to start, that we should be imaginative. We should uh, approach our work with, with maybe a little bit of uh, playfulness, if I dare say that. And and I, I wish that I had learned that lesson earlier mm-hmm. as a teacher. And it's taken me a while to, to grow into that. So anyway, it's funny when you say a metaphor for teaching. This is actually something I've talked about with my students, future mm-hmm. teachers that they are, Matt, um, to, to help them start thinking about their own metaphors for teaching. And so I've got one. I've, I've got my metaphor for, for teaching, and I'll, I'll share this with you. Okay. I'm a little embarrassed, but... Uh... I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> okay. I, all right. And, all right. and to be honest, I'm trying, I'm trying to guess what you're about to say, yeah, but I, I'm not going to share what guess. I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't think you'll guess. So, so here it is. My metaphor for myself in the classroom as a teacher, I am a puppy. Of course you are. <laughs> no, no, I am. Hear me out on this, okay? So there's, there's methods in the madness here. I'm a puppy. If you think about what is a puppy like... Right. Uh, Puppies are full of energy and enthusiasm. 
Uh, they're always ready to play. That, that's very much how I have come to approach my teaching practice, right? I'm, I'm going to lead with positivity. I'm going to mm. lead with uh, enthusiasm, um, very much like a puppy. Um, the, the downside of being a puppy sometimes is, you know, uh, puppies make um, messes. Um, <laughs> and there are days where I might feel like I'm going out of class uh, with my tail between my legs because I did it wrong. Uh, my enthusiasm gets the best of me. I don't think it through all the way. Uh, that has happened, yeah. and I'm not proud of that, but it happens. But the other piece of being a puppy, uh, if you think about what you know about puppies, uh, puppies are always going to love you unconditionally. And that is very much, too, what I aspire to. And I think I mostly succeed uh, with really loving my students well um, and, and caring for them. So, anyway, in the classroom, I'm a puppy. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> I love this. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. If for those of you who know Dave, like the equivalent of the um, dog wagging its tail is Dave arm talking. Like he, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's sort of, it's always going. Like I, his I, arms are flailing about. He's a, he's a hand talker. He's an arm, he's an arm uh, talker. Talk. So. I talk with my whole body. Totally. My eyebrows. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's, un, it's an embodied experience. No, that is for sure. Dave, I just want to come back though to... Um, so last night I was um, sitting getting ready for today and I got a text from one of your students in the class you're teaching online. His name's Adrian. He lives out on the, on the oh West boy. Coast. And he sent me a text. He sent me, uh, like, I'm, I'm, quickly looking at my, I'm quickly looking at my phone right now to see if I can find it. Um, because he, we hadn't checked in with each other and he's like, hey, I'm just rolling into your second course uh, with your buddy Dave. How can you work that with that guy? He's so positive and hospitable. That's literally came no in way. last night. And I, I I did not share that with you until until right now. Matt, that and, made my day. And, that, and I literally wrote back. I said, yeah, I'll wear him down eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so you, you need to know that that, that, that oh. happened. That happened last night. But I want to come back to this idea of playfulness. Because you almost apologized for it when we, you know, yeah. like apologized. You know, and yet... So, A, I'm wondering why you apologized about it. And yet, can you talk about how that might actually be an important part, not just, I mean, of your classroom, but maybe even of other people's classrooms? Sure, sure. So, yeah, the, apologizing for being playful. Uh, there's a sense, I think, and I can only point the finger at myself. I, I know myself as, yeah. as a teacher, right? Um, where I worry sometimes that people perceive that I'm not taking things seriously, if, okay. if I'm being playful. And I guess the way that I would, I would hope this gets perceived by my students, by my colleagues, by others who, who might see me at, at doing, you know, conducting my craft here, um, I try to take my work very seriously. And I try to take myself not too seriously. And I think that that's maybe a healthy distinction, right? Like being yeah. playful doesn't mean you don't take the work seriously. Yeah. The, the hard work of learning for students and the hard work of teaching for me as a teacher, I do take that part very seriously. Yeah. But just because I'm taking it seriously doesn't mean I can't enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, I guess that's kind of maybe the, the approach that I hope I'm embodying here, right? Like we can have fun at this. And just because it's hard work doesn't yeah. mean we can't also enjoy the thing that we're doing. Yeah. Maybe I can follow up on that, and maybe I'm not, maybe I'm missing here or something, so you feel okay, free, okay. But, but this idea of the importance of not taking yourself too seriously, um, is, there, is there in that 
almost an act of self-care. Like that's one way teachers can care mm. for themselves. Um, I don't know. Just any thoughts on that or, yeah. or, or what would be your motivation for that? Maybe. Sure. Well, and I think partly it's it's because I've I've learned this about myself. If you've ever taken the Strengths Finder, uh, yep. in in my top five strengths, positivity is one of my Shocking. top five. I Shocking. know, I know. Anyone who has met me yeah. probably is not surprised here. Um, but I do tend to lead with that, and that was one of the really helpful things for me taking the Strengths Finder and just knowing some things about myself. This is how God wired me, mm-hmm. and. To not be ashamed of that and, and to say, how do I leverage that then? If, if, if positivity is one of my greatest strengths, well, what am I going to do with that? What's going to come out of me with energy and enthusiasm? Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess in a sense when you say self-care, I hadn't really thought of it in, in that way before. But it is maybe just living out how God's created me to be. Yeah. I'm not going to hide that. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I'm going to see how do I use that then to my students' advantage as learners. So is there is there an element of this Parker Palmer, we teach who we are in that oh, for you then, Dave? And yeah, can you talk yeah. about that for a minute? Definitely. And and I guess, I, man, if, if y'all haven't read the book, The Courage to Teach by Parker Palmer. How many times have you read that? At least seven. Yeah. There, there was a time every August. I read it every August for about four years running just to get me charged up and get me in the right headspace yeah. for, for approaching my work again. Um, but in the book, uh, Palmer talks about this, this idea of, yeah, we teach who we are. And he talks about, well... Speaking of metaphors, uh, you can act like a teacher or you can be the teacher. And and I like that as a way of thinking about what we're doing because if you're acting like a teacher, okay, think about what actors do. You step out on stage and you perform and you play a role. And then when you step backstage, you're a completely different person. And I guess that's my my big wondering, right? And and it took me years to get to this point where I I really could own that for myself. There were years that I was acting like a teacher. And that's fine. I mean, there's technique that you can use to act like a teacher, but I think technique only takes you so far. And at some point you just have to recognize like, this is how God created me to be. This is who I am. And I'm not going to act like a teacher anymore. I'm just going to bring my whole self to the work. So, so, you know, there's all, there's this conversation that happens in most, whether it's Ed 101 or somewhere along the line about the, the art of teaching, the science of teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to go too far down that road, but does one of those resonate more or do you, do they work together and or has yeah. have you has that changed for you as you become more experienced? So uh, when I use technique, I use that word really deliberately, right? Okay. I, and I think we can we can discern that there are there are better practices that we should consider using as as mm. teachers, better and worse. Um, there are few wrong ways to teach, in my yeah. estimation. Like, I mean, if you're doing something unethical, uh, clearly that's wrong. Yeah. But we could talk about it in terms of effectiveness, and and I guess that's where, like, I think we should think of teaching as a, a bit of a science, but it's definitely an art too, because we all have our own personal style. And to come back to our friend Van Dyke, John Van Dyke yeah. talked about teaching as a craft. And, and I really like this idea of the craft of Christian teaching, right? Hmm. So yes, are there universals to it? Like science, like is teaching a science? Yes. But I mean, it's also this personal component. Teaching is very personal. Yeah. And so it is an art. And this idea of teaching as a craft kind of comes uh, around both sides of that, right? The, we can look at the universals of what good teaching looks like and then also consider our own style, what we bring to that. And maybe that's where a metaphor is helpful for yeah. shaping some of that thinking. So so my friend Adrian and his, his text facetiously, obviously, was referring to, to your hospitality. Hmm. Um, 
what's the importance or, or why is that important to you? And, and um, what does that allow you to do even in the classroom that maybe um, you wouldn't be if you weren't so hospitable? Sure. Well, and I, I really appreciate you asking that question. I'm humbled to, to hear that, Matt, because there's, there's a sense that I kind of feel like I'm just doing this because this is the best that I know how to do and that it comes out that students would read that as me being hospitable. I guess that comes back to what I was saying. If I'm a puppy and I'm going to try to love my students unconditionally, I want it to be a space where they feel comfortable. Yeah, that sounds weird to say. I want the students to be comfortable. There are times I do want them to feel a little uncomfortable, but I want them to feel at ease in the space. Um, whether they're studying online or in a face-to-face -face class, I want them to feel comfortable that they can know that this is a good place for them to be. Um, and so, yeah, if, if that's something that I aspire to, then I have to be intentional about shaping it, a space where students are going to know that I care about them, that I'm, I'm going to have compassion for their situation. They don't need to give me the gory details of their life, but, you know, I'm, I'm for them, not against them. Yeah. So how, how do you tangibly communicate that to them? Like how, like, like, you know, I've, I've taught some students here now that have been through your class and... They've often referred to, to you as being one of the pivotal um, professors kind of in there as they've grown into being a teacher and imagined being a teacher. Um, how do your students know that you love them? Hmm. Well, okay, so one of the things, this has been a very busy week for me. Uh, as we're recording this, it's the first week of our semester. And one of the things I do for Intro to Ed, um, and I love teaching first-year students. I love coming alongside them at the beginning when they're discerning their, their calling. Is this for them? Um, and something I've been doing for a couple years now is I try to have just a five-minute conversation, but a one-on-one -on -one meeting with every student because I want to get to know them as unique individuals. I, I want them to, I, I, for myself, I want to put faces and names together. Uh, that's that's a, like the basest level. But I want to start to know, like, what do you love outside of, of your academic work? You know, are, are you on the softball team? Are, are you in the choir? You know, what 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 gifts do you have that you're going to bring to bear for yourself as a teacher? And that's maybe, yeah, not, not a, a big flashy thing, but students notice those things. I think when we make time, when we step out of our way to connect with students, I think that that so, speaks to them. So I have a question and I, I don't know if there's a right answer to this and um, maybe it's going a little too in depth, but in getting to know your students as whole beings, does that make teaching harder or easier? <laughs> oh, well, I think the easiest would be to just lump all the students together and call them the class. And yeah. then you kind of teach toward the middle and figure yeah. everyone's going to be okay. And I probably used to do that. Uh, well, honestly, not even probably. I know. Early in my teaching career, I know I did that. You just lump them together as the class. But this idea that every student should know that they are known has become very important for me. And, and I think that we do. God created us to learn in community. God created us to learn in community. And that means we have to know each other. Is that more work? Yes. <laughs> but I think it's good work. And I think that's the heart of the work that we're trying to do as Christian educators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, Dave. I, I was just thinking about this for myself. If I think about metaphors, I I remember listening uh, about a year ago now to David Smith speak at a conference. Um, I encourage you, if you have not read his book, by the way, on Christian teaching, uh, it's a pretty inspiring, mm. uh, it's a philosophy book, but there's also some wonderful storytelling in there. And, That's right. But he often taught, he has used the metaphor of the garden, of the garden and being the gardener. And, and I love that. Um, 
but I, even for myself, as you're talking, you know, kind of reflecting on where you were when you started and, and where even you are now and thinking about that for myself, I, th I think about even that shift of, um, yeah, just, I loved being up in the classroom in front of the classroom it was energizing, you know, like everybody look at me. I'm such a youngest child that way, but everybody look at me and kind of being in control and, um, you know, we talked about on our first podcast about learning targets and that, that really forced me uncomfortably to just kind of give control over to my students to, mm -hmm. to, um, to be co-creators in some, some ways. And as I've reflected on that, I, I think about myself back then as being, I'm sort of seeing myself as um, definitely not a gardener. I'll say, I'll say that <laughs> for sure. Um, but more seeing myself almost as a, as a tour director, you know, like planning it mm. out here's where we're going to go, here's where we're going to stop. Um, even if we're going to, you know, something's unplanned, I'm going to be in control of where we go and what to pursue. And um, I like to think, and I'm not there yet, but I'd say my understanding of um, moving, I think I've, I've, I'm trying to shift from being a tour director to sort of this fellow traveler, this co-traveler where we're, where we're learning with each other. And that's true as colleagues in this department, oh, but, yes. but even in a classroom that... Um, it's been incredible if I think about my um, my teaching, even in the in the um, time I've been um, teaching with youth. I think, man, what have I learned from my students, and what have I not just what have I learned about material or ideas or curriculum, but what have I learned about myself and mm -hmm. what it means to be a human being? And so, um, I think I've shifted more to being a being a, a fellow traveler. Um, coming back just finally to that last um, thinking one more time about about being a puppy and just. Um, I'm thinking about the word loyalty I'm oh, thinking about the yeah. word loyalty and I'm just, this is more of an ambiguous question, but one of the things I love about, um, puppies is that you walk through the door every day, they come running to, to come running to greet you. And there's a, there's a loyalty there or a commitment maybe is, is the other word. Like they're all in on you no matter what. And, mm -hmm. um, can you just talk a little bit about what commitment to your students looks like whether that's um in the actual um class or, or what does it mean to be committed as you're sitting here as a professional thinking about that class or yeah, yeah. yeah can you just talk about commitment to the profession and your students Dave? for sure so i think this is one of the things that we we've we've probably all had that teacher at some point in our career as a student um, who we're not quite sure why they're there as a teacher, right? Like maybe the teacher doesn't seem to know the content very well or knows the content so well but doesn't really know how to connect and, and actually teach it to somebody. Or maybe, God forbid, but maybe they, they, they don't seem to like kids all that much, right? And yeah, I think you've got to have all of those. I think you have to be committed to your content that you're teaching, but you have to be committed to good pedagogy and, and being really good at, the teaching part of it but first and foremost you got to be really committed to the kids to your yeah. students and if we don't love the students like i think we can teach people the content we can teach people the pedagogy yeah. but you gotta you gotta love the kids and and so there's that that real sense of commitment for me and I, I hope that comes out I hope my students would see that would perceive that that that's why I'm there first mm -hmm. and foremost because I love them because I care about them as as human beings yeah, you're, yeah. you're committed to them right well Dave I want to say thank you for sharing a bit of your heart and your mind um, my pleasure, it's my safe to say I probably never look at you the same way <laughs> again 
Um, oh, no. <laughs> I feel like we need to get t-shirts made of something of like, I'm not sure what it would look like, but something with you and a dog or a puppy. And, um, but I do want to, I do want to thank you for sharing. And I want to thank those of you who joined us today. Thank you for, um, allowing us, um, allowing us to be us here with you today. It's a, it's a privilege. We know your time, um, is precious. And so just thanks for journeying along with us as we've kind of talked about, metaphors and how that's guided our teaching and our, and our understanding of who our students are. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up by Matt and Dave during one of their Hallway Conversations. Our music was created by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Dave Mulder and Matt Beamers. Thanks for listening. 